0: All right, so welcome to Nump Bills Fan Podcast, episode number two forty nine. I'm your host David Palermo, and uh, we have a special guest today. And I met him in Tampa on a midlife fucking crisis trip. <laughs> so as you know, uh, if you go through the feed, there's not many podcasts. So I'm going through a lot of shit that's no one's fucking business. Anyways, so I'm uh, midlife crisis them, trip. T- I'm telling him I'm midlife crisis trip. I decided I'm hungry, and I hit the wrong bridge. Uh, and I can't even stay on drugs. Cause so I didn't have any. And frankly, I ran into this guy and I walked in with the bills hoodie and he goes, where are you from? I go roster. I go, you go, what part? I go Gates and me like Charlie. I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah. And it was the oddest thing. And come to find out he went to what buff state with Nate Geary, yeah. who we've had on the show a few times over the years, which on a yeah. side note, I'm going to recall my shot here. So I'm going to promote the fuck out of this one. Uh, Nate Geary was part of Bills Fanatics for a minute. And we had this whole thing. I was with them early on. Everybody, it was awesome. What was he? What was he part of? Uh Bills Fanatics. Way, wait, 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 Oh, way, yeah, yeah. yeah. Early in the day. Buffalo Fanatics, and I yeah. told Michael, dude, you're my draft pick for the radio, dude. Like you're my fucking prospect, man. Yeah. And uh, so here I am in my work clothes, and uh talking to who I have on my phone is Tampa Dave. So Tampa That's Dave, right. you want to intro yourself and let us know what you think about life.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I don't know. I'm, uh, from Tonawana, New York, um, shout out, go warriors. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I played college ball at Buff state played for four years. was a starter for three. Um, just, you know, the, the regular old fashioned bills fan with a little bit of, uh, of, uh, football consciousness sprinkled in. Um, so, you know, I'm just, I got invited to this podcast and wanted to just kind of give my take and just have like a natural conversation. Just like we did that one night at the bar, um, moved to Tampa, Florida, like five years ago. And I I am avidly trying to recruit you, David, to move down to Tampa. I think it would be a life-changing move for you. And it would be absolutely epic because my life has changed dramatically for the, for the better after moving to Tampa.
0: So do you still hear me a little bit here? Cause I just moved you to my headphones finally after we spent 20 minutes. I I hear you. Yeah. Loud and clear. Um, yeah. And and Dave, it was great because, um, I've been a political, political guy on Twitter and I come from a punk rock background here. Mm -hmm. Um, I I'm assuming we have a lot of new listeners, so I'm going to have to pander to myself for a minute here, which, you know, I just go to work. Um, I've always wondered why I got to pay certain insurances and what's called regulations. And when you're in New York, you're in a bubble. And when I went down there, you, a bunch of people are like, yo, slow the fuck down just slow down. You don't need to work that hard. You don't and, and getting out and driving through all the States during the pandemic, the pandemic was frankly, I'm going through a divorce. Like the worst time of fucking life. Like the, the the. I work so hard and, and the brand, which the brand is important, but I hate doing construction and I've been doing it for over 22 years. And I was in a collision shop before that. And I'm fucking sick of it. That's why I'm in my work. Clubs. Yep. You know, I have to go do accounting. Okay, cool. It's fucking answer five. Anyways. So we're here. And, uh, I can't yeah. thank you enough for, you know, giving me the inspiration and like the hookups and all that. Um, but like you said about certain things, sometimes we have to really build a little bit to get it out. And, you know, I'm fortunate enough that I did scoop up up at 29 and I'm, you know, it's nice. Uh, I, I'm in a good spot Just you have to sometimes recognize it through all the bullshit. So I can't thank you enough for, you know, letting me troubleshoot you, bother you. And when you said you're oh, a dude no man problem. and you started yelling that's a connection at me, right there, man. Yeah, dude,
1: that's a, that's a connection.
0: So let's talk talk about it. Yeah. I want to hear. I I want to know. Yeah. You straight up yelled at me at the bar and it was great. You're like, (laughs) you're not talking about the bills. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So where are we going with overall? I'm going to lay out. I thought coach made some very, I thought in the beginning as a bills fan, you got to keep your pedal to the metal. You know that. Mm -hmm. I hated the calls on fourth and one year of the 50. This is modern football you don't have a stable of offensive players that haven't done it before I understand you got a great defensive line I understand you got the number one defense so let me make something clear to you on the podcast before I made it clear that I am not buying this to be some easy win for the bills the course I picked them to win 27 24 but I don't buy that shit these teams are so close and I felt because the kid who works with me, he's 22, great dude. He is a big Steelers fan, and they just need a running back, frankly. And Ben Roethlisberger was coming off Tommy John surgery in 2020, okay? Meaning his arm, of course, died last year. And when everybody's just, like, reading the stats, they don't really take that into account. And that's Mm -hmm. where I try to hit the next level. What did you see from the team? I saw um, bad ball placement, which is going to happen game to game. Josh usually gets better um, next game, but I, I thought the coaching really sank it overall. Yeah. Um, well to, to
1: talk to your one point, I think anytime that, um, you, you know, you have to like look at these teams with a grain of salt type of thing. Right. So it's like what you were saying, you know, Ben Roethlisberger had Tommy John surgery. So, you know, he was limited last year to some degree. And, um, I know I completely agree with that. I think, I think a lot of times when a player is injured, um, you know, we, we, if they're injured consecutively in seasons, we, fans and analysts tend to just write people off, right? Case in point, Melvin Ingram. Mm-hmm. If you remember Melvin Ingram and was it Joey Bosa? Or Nick Bosa is the younger one for the Niners and Joey Bosa plays for uh, the Chargers, right? Yes. If it's you remember true. a couple years ago when Joey Bosa was was healthy, but then he got injured and Melvin Ingram was healthy as well. When they were both healthy, they were absolutely wreaking havoc on, on, on the field. I mean, they were dynamite for the chargers. So he's actually healthy. Just like the same thing with, with, with big Ben, right? When Ben gets a Tommy John surgery and you're like, okay, he's out for one year. And then people are like, Oh, we're write him off. These are still, still the same athletes. They're just recovering over an extended period of time. Eventually, you know, when you give them an off season to recover, and then come back, and once they're fully healthy, they're going to return back right back to where they were, pending, you know, I mean, age and everything, depending on, you know, Tom Brady. He's 44 years old. If he tears his ACL, it's going to be pretty hard to come back from that. But we're talking about athletes that are relatively in their prime. So now you take Mel, a healthy Melvin Ingram with with T.J. Watt and then Cam Hayward. I mean, that Cam Hayward and T.J. Watt themselves are a, a, a formidable foe. Now you add in Melvin Ingram, and it's like we're looking at like a juggernaut here on their on their defensive line. They got Devin Bush back, who injured himself early in the year last year. So he had the entire year to recover. He looks like he's back to his normal self. If you remember him, he ran a 4-4 at the combine coming out of Michigan as a middle linebacker. 6'2", 240 pounds, ran a 4-4, right? And now you add in Minka Fitzpatrick in the back end, on in the secondary. You're looking at a three, three-tier defense that is just completely formidable. I think they're going to be one of the top defenses in the entire
0: entire league. Well, there's a reason. Uh, let me interject for a second. I'll toss right back to you. Um, there's a reason they're our number one defense in our league in fantasy. Um, mm-hmm. And the dude, again, who works with me, came into work a few years ago, 0-4, depressed. They traded for Mika Fitzpatrick, The defense. It turns around, oh, turns around. absolutely. Yeah. And and on your point about injuries, I'm always like that, and and I've always stuck up for the vets because as an emotional person who likes players, you know what I mean. You want to go to bat for him. You want to see Fred Jackson play at least seventy. You know, like it's yeah, like, oh man, he could do it. You know, so I'm totally with you, and um, it, it makes a lot of sense, and and that's why, you know, I felt like with this podcast, it's always been about speaking the truth about. Authentically, which I i feel that every year Bills Mafia goes too fucking crazy on the internet and so crap. And I'm telling you, man, this picture was me in a stadium, my father and his girl. Get on fan.com on Instagram and check it out on Instagram, dude. I do like it's just me, it's mm-hmm. I think it's pretty, pretty fun. Um, organic content. I'm not, you know what I mean? You want ESPN, go yeah. somewhere else. Uh, point being is, I felt like people around me and in the stadium didn't realize that the bills could lose this game until like yeah. literally like three minutes left to five minutes off. And, and I'm just like, let, let me interject here. I yeah. think,
1: I think that was, I think out, out of everything else, coaching decisions um, coaches decisions. you know, offensive output, you know, the defense struggling here in, in, at certain points of times and big plays being made. What you could take all that shit out of the, out to the side. I think the number one thing that, that affected us the most was our mindset. Not, not necessarily from the fans, but for the team itself. Listen, this is the first time in, in, in what, 20-something years where we walk into the league with a, not, not just a hope or a belief or whatever, but a confidence, a swagger. Hey, we know that we're one of the top teams in the NFL now. We know that now. Because last year, we had to build it, Right. So that, that shifts your mindset mindset. It makes you think that things are guaranteed. Right. It makes you think that things are, oh, well we, we, you know, Josh, he's 26, right? Josh is 25, 26 years old, whatever he is. I I don't know his exact age, but you know, when you get that kind of mentality, you, you, yes, you're good and you're competitive and you're fiery and everything, but there, it still hinders you to some degree. I think that this loss was extremely humbling. And I think it's actually going to work out to our benefit. Cause you know what the last regular season game we lost was the hail Murray. And then we rattle off 11 or what was it? Eight or eight or 10 straight, eight, eight straight wins. I think at the end of the season after that hail Murray. So I really think that this is going to be a humbling experience, but I think that it's going to translate to the rest of the entire season.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, I think I don't want to, I'm not going to discount that point. Cause I feel like, as a bill, we got, man, ahead, of like, we got ahead of ourselves. Just, we got ahead of ourselves. You know we, what we, I mean, bro? We like, we need it, to be
1: smacked in the mouth. We can't sit there and, and a, say, oh. You and
0: I felt the same way, though. I feel like talking to Bills with you, you and I have been very practical about it. And, um, you know, I, well, I, what I do, do you
1: think? The, I mean, do you think that this loss is going to be, um, it's
0: going to, I don't want to, I don't want to dovetail off, but my honest thought after uh, David was frankly just so funny to call you that. Uh, it, 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 was the reason I've been really hard on being. And what I mean by that is as a bills fan rounds one through three are starters as a bills fan. it means we're educated. That means more, more than the average fan base. That means we have seen players from other GMs, you know, personally, I really like Doug Whaley because he could find a guy off the street and yes, it's Rex, Rex it's whoever before with Doug moron, but dude, they would find, a linebacker off the street that year that would plug in and make the pro bowl. We had a Preston Brown that was, eh, but he didn't give up as I covered with icy Vic on the last podcast, seven passing touchdowns. As I know, you know, so when they give up what I think is two picks for Tremaine Edmonds in round three, which could be also offensive lineman for Josh Allen to grow or gamble on and not nothing against Edmund. It's just like, you can't. And I said something last podcast. So I'll refresh it to you. My talking point is you can't have it in construction, slow and suck. And I don't think he sucks. It's not the case. And also, you know, if you go fast, you expect some, whatever. But when you draft him in the first round that high, give up future things to develop your franchise quarterback with that you would still ignore. Did they nail Dawkins? Sure. Okay. Did they nail something? Uh, Do they get some stuff right? Sure. But let's be real that offensive line they ignored developing it through the draft and then, and we've been told again as bills fans we know how the salary cap works the cheapest way to build the teams through the draft so that josh allen draft do i love Allen. yes that's why he's fucking tattooed on my leg can you see okay because i'm a truther and my name is josh allen truther in my dynasty league with mike smith will be on soon to talk about fantasy football and my point to you is I just feel that as, that as a, a, the team in the league who has most of the resources in the defensive line and the whole fucking league, and you talk about an injured player and you're you're signing like Trent Murphy, who I railed on before, like the, a horrible signing, you're telling me that Darius, who could show up high as a fucking kite without any practice and maybe drunk if that's what he was into or not, I don't care. He is it was an impactful dude already on your team and i believe that if your coaching is that good you should be able to turn that play around that said when somebody's a fucking cancer you have to get rid of them and i and i also understand that too when it takes you years to replenish what you had and resources i go oh dude we just emptied the whole we you should have seen how it was no there's other guys not going to take people's talking points but there's other people on the radio who in, in other spots that i i trust in there's some we don't that are like, dude, it took you forever because this is chess. You get rid of Sammy Watkins. We haven't had that till you had a digs. You haven't had that. I need to take a safety with me. Who am I? I'm a fucking drywall guy. Okay. But we missed offensive linemen. We missed good defensive line players who are you don't need to give up a million picks for him. You don't. You know, like. Am I stoked? I'm so sure. Can I, can but
1: like, I, can, I, can I slow you down for one yeah, second? Yeah, dude, I'm everywhere. That's a question. No, no, no. You're you're good. At, you're you're trailing off. But so you you started off your argument with, or you started off your point, I should say, with um having an issue with Bean, and then you went from Bean to Tremaine Edmonds. Yeah. So who do you exactly have an issue with? Do you have an issue with Brandon Bean, or do you have an issue with Tremaine Edmonds? Because if, I have you're saying, ex- you're saying you have an, an issue with Brandon Bean. But then you're also saying that the pick that we used for Tremaine Edmonds was an issue as well is, so are those things correlated? or do you have a problem with each of they, them they, on they
0: correlate them? I like here's okay. here's how I roll I would rather keep Tremaine Edmonds just to note this now and to get on a record he's already here I watched the clips of so cover one this and that and I had a harder eyes as because I think and then I watched and I'm like oh actually he is developing he is young he is whatever but you can't have it both ways for a middle linebacker is a dime a dozen. And then a, well, let me, a, let me ask you this. Let me ask you. On. On. Let, let me finish, let me finish. Okay. That's so, you know what I mean? So sure. the run back, they kind of got the same unfair treatment. So Tremaine Edmonds, the way I look at it is I like him as a player, but he didn't come in and become an impactful player. So now when we have Sarah Tule, who's not factor or not playing, I wanted to really see it. I thought, and the one game he played here, we penetrated well. So what I'm getting at is I feel that if you let the draft come to you, Hey, get your placeholder, middle linebacker. I want to go back to the playoffs. Okay. I want, and and, and can accept those two picks, maybe going to offensive linemen and let them develop. Let's get some articles on them. Let's see how they're doing, you know? And, 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 and that's it. I just think that there could have been a different reallotment of resources next year. You want to get that, that, MLB fine. But you know what? Milano played really well too. And he makes my point to a degree. And, and, and he plays two positions. And, and the thing is what Emmons is. He's very great with Milano. He's, and, and I think he's just up here a little too much, but he's young. And that's what I like. He's already here. We've already invested in him. I'm just saying it could have been a realotment towards the future of the offensive line. That's it. That's it. Cause if you look at how many offensive linemen started, in rounds three and two in that draft, there's a lot. So that's. Do you have an opinion on that?
1: I do. So, when drafting, so okay, a couple of things because you you there's a lot to unpack, right? Because you you gave a lot of points, right? Um. So, let me ask you this question. Who's the quarterback of the defense? I'm LB. Right. So we're trying to rebuild the team. Right. And it was, it was McDermott's first draft. Right. So he went out and he drafted the quarterback, our franchise quarterback and Josh Allen and the other pick he used to draft. I got you. Right. Jermaine. Well, you're going to want to resign. Him, middle, him, right? middle, well, well, listen, middle linebacker. Okay. So. The reasoning behind that, I'm, I'm sure you understand the reasoning behind that, right? Because I alluded to who's the quarterback of the defense, right? Yeah. So we gave up, um, we essentially gave up, what do we give up? Two, two picks, a third round and a... They,
0: they, moved, they gave up two thirds to move up in the first. Okay. To take Edmonds Because they couldn't believe. I think, in other, obviously, another pick if they had another first round pick. Would you... The tr- fuck they were.
1: Let me ask you this. Would you trade um, two third round picks... Um, for a uh, four-year starting middle linebacker who's a perennial Pro Bowler, not Tremaine Edmonds. I'm saying in general, a, a middle linebacker who's a perennial, perennial pro, pro, pro Bowler, four years—you know, four years deep in the league already.
0: I think it's a trick question, so I don't know how to answer. It's it.
1: not a trick question because essentially that's what we got. Tremaine Edmonds has made the Pro Bowl every single year since we drafted him. I thought he only made it twice. Made it every year. He's made it every year. Are you sure? Even yes, even with even with the drop off, like he made it his rookie year. He's made it every single year since he's been drafted with us. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm about 90% sure because what happens is is we there's middle linebackers that make get to the Super Bowl and then he gets slid into a roster spot. So mm-hmm. he's either been All on right. the on the cusp yeah, of right, on the right, cusp right. of making the Pro Bowl or a Pro Bowl. He, so it, it,
0: in, in his top third is what you're saying. Yeah, he's like oh, a he's, top he's, third middle linebacker. So top here's five.
1: He's a top five middle linebacker in our conference, at least, at least, okay. I mean, not saying in the entire league, but within our conference, he's a top five linebacker. Now, if you're telling me, I want to give up two, round picks to guarantee that I'm going to have a Pro Bowl linebacker, I'm going to do it. But that's a testament to me.
0: What and I'm saying is this team is built to rely on Josh Allen's arm. And there's like a whole off. Season, you, you, and you, that's you were of... your you you're able to finish
1: your points. You're able to finish your points. All right, now that because I am giving you good ones, you know you got to let me finish mine.
0: <laughs> I don't even know what they are. I'm just kind of here. Well,
1: my, my my points are is that I'm I'm essentially disagreeing with you. Oh, I I'm just, I, I, I'm just, I feel I, there's I,
0: many I, different ways to build things. I'm just saying.
1: The, listen, first here, round pick has got to be out, impactful. Out,
0: I I guess I get what you're saying. Hear, you, hear me out. You have a developmental curve on it. Just fine.
1: You have you have an issue with Bean, right? But he did win GM of the year. I don't think our issue lies with, within Bean.
0: No, I think... it's not Bean. It's that well, not a total issue. It was that time. So follow me. Follow me. Well, hang on, these two, these two, hang on, hang on. Let two guys, me finish my points. Let me they finish my points. get resigned, right,
1: David? We're both very passionate. Very. I I listened silently while you were talking. Sorry, right, I'll let put me, the mic down. I'll put the mic. Just let me finish my points here, okay? So you did. You said you had an issue with either Edmonds or Bean one of the two or essentially the Edmonds pick and what, what Bean did. Right. And I, I get where you're coming from. Bean did win GM of the year, right? The, the way this team has been built is just slowly, surely efficiently. And making gradual steps up the first year when we went to the playoffs was a complete surprise. You know what I mean? And we got rid of people like Darius and Watkins who are cancers to the team because we wanted people that were going to be, you know, with our program and that's it, you know, First year, you got Josh Allen running for his life. I mean, running for his life. His stats were horrible because he literally had nobody protecting him, and he had nobody that was able to catch the ball. So we go out and we start. We sign Cole Beasley. We sign John Brown. They're not superstar talents, which is what the Bills were, you know, doing every single year. Terrell Owens. Oh, we're gonna spend. You know, we signed Terrell Owens. We we spent we we spent the number three overall pick on Sammy Watkins, whatever it was. Right. We always go for these big shot moves because we think one player can do it all. But instead, we go out and we sign Mitch Morris, a, st- a veteran starting center who previously played for the Kansas City Chiefs. Good team. We sign John Brown. We sign Cole Beasley, two Im- impactful guys. You know, if you look at their, let's consider their Madden rating, right? 80 something rating players. Those are solid players. We at least give, give Josh Allen the chance to have guys that are going to catch the ball. You know what I mean? And the draft picks like, I, you know, I'm, I'm having a hard time really coming up with a pick that I that I haven't liked thus far by being, um, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's late round picks that weren't that great. But I mean, you look at guys like, hey, Matt Milano, right? Tredavious White. We have um, Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, um, you know, Tremaine Edmonds, Josh Allen. We have I mean, we're looking at, you know, Josh Allen potentially could be a hall of famer, Tremaine Edmonds, maybe the same thing. And what I'm seeing out of Ad- Edmonds this year, I actually really like he's undercutting blocks and he's getting into, he's starting to shoot the gaps where, um, you know, th- there's, a, there's essentially a bridge between blocks where like there's a low, a lower block. And then, you know, you get to the second level of blocks and he's able to shoot in between that gap and cut off that, that defender. And I'm sure you saw it with Najee Harris on that one, that one play, you know what I'm talking about? Where I he, think cut- that he,
0: won- he had like a, not even a one yard gain.
1: Yeah, he shot he's yeah. shooting in now. He's starting to shoot in and actually penetrate these these holes and, and get to the to the running back really quickly.
0: That's why I think he's just been too much in here. He's always Absolutely. been physically talented he doesn't when know they draft big, him. His problem is that he doesn't know how big he is. Can I give you he, my punchline real quick on it? Sure. On Allen and and Bean and yeah. uh Edmonds is yeah. if they're so good and they're both gonna work out which I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Cause I believe in the team or whatever. Yeah. Cause I believe that this coaching staff is in lockstep with these dudes and the scouting department and whatever, they've got a good relationship or at least the <laughs> media makes it does a good job of that. That means is you got to sign both these guys. So Tremaine Adams does develop into that guy. Oh, he's there. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, What there. I think is great is that they didn't pick up his option yet. Right. So that means that they're kind of still in evaluation. And I know from a source that when he slid a contract over to uh, one of the offensive linemen, that the offensive lineman told my source that he's like, "Yo, I'm not. I might not be back here. I'm not gonna play for the Chiefs." So you know that Bean's gonna get him at a good price if he doesn't, and he wants to test the market and they don't redo the option. So, they don't. Wh- so I'm saying down just, the road, wait, 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 I'm not, I not, the Let me just clarify
1: something. Let me Value. clarify. Let me yeah. let me just clarify one thing, because that was a really long punchline. Let me clarify something. You're saying that that they slid a contract to an offensive lineman, and he declined the contract, saying that he might not be back next year.
0: This was in the off season, saying that the the offer is way low. Like I need for more uh, for an offensive lineman or for I, I mean, yeah yeah no 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 it's an offensive lineman. So what I'm trying to tell you is what I like about it is I'm. Because the picks are already expend, expended, I've evolved my point with Edmonds, even last podcast, where I'm getting stoked on him because he's developing up here. And I yeah. feel like he was going to be a lot more impactful where his contract might be out of reach for the Bills. And when it comes to Josh Allen or Tremaine Edmonds, I wanted to make sure that Josh Allen got it. That That's what I want to draft happen. Oh, yeah. I'm like, for sure. that that's my punchline. It's just like, you know, come on. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, if he's that good, which now he's not at that superstar level now they can manage it you know what i mean yeah. and 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 i think he's a good player and well, as far as like developmental wise eric turner breaks it down well he's got a, a couple videos on edmonds doing yeah. exactly what you said yeah
1: yeah i think i mean you know i think edmonds is 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 playing pretty damn good football just after this first game i think he's playing good football um let's get to the points of the game though um you know, what, what did you, for me, for me, my, my, my biggest issue, I like the way that they played. I think um, offensively we were stumped. I, I, you know, I saw something actually interesting on Buffalo fanatics that compared Josh Allen's stats to last year's stats against Pittsburgh and they're relatively the same yards yards per, you know, uh, what was it? His, his, his accuracy his completion percentage was roughly the same and his, um, uh, Uh, yards per throw or whatever you know yards per catch essentially were pretty much the same I think the Pittsburgh defense is actually a matchup nightmare for Buffalo Um, we had certain plays that went our way last year as opposed to this year the one resounding issue that I'm seeing is that I don't know you know and I hate to say this because I love the guy but I'm I'm, I'm I don't know if McDermott is the greatest game manager in the world
0: So um coming off of uh I saw you walk away you right? the Bills tanking the Sabres. Okay, and I was a big Rex Ryan guy. That's why I started this podcast because I was like, Oh shit, they're gonna embrace an idiot like me, just going, Fuck it, you know what I mean? Boom! Mm-hmm. So that's the first time I went to a Miami game was uh was there and I had a concept video to do and Adam Deacon helped edit it and did some shit. My point Dave, are is- you okay? You just walked away. Yeah, no. No, you're making my point. You're oh, making okay. my point. It was a mic drop. Okay. Again, a lot of people, a lot of people are homers of the team. And honestly, with this podcast, I knew to take internet flack. I would have to, and I was all about it. But frankly, I maybe did mushrooms and I'm not really, there's been a, a lot of ego death. That's why I don't, I feel like. I'm not the best to talk about the bills at the same time after our podcast. And thank you guys for reaching out to me for the encouragement. I got DMs on Instagram. Like, hey, man, thank you. know what I mean? So, Master Universe, thank you, Dan. Um, I'll also, thank you. A little shout-outs. But, you know, it's encouraging. And I'll tell you, McDermott, when he came into the league, dude, all you heard about from the PR department was he's got a fucking notebook. My house is surrounded with notebooks. Okay. And I do my due diligence and I have to give them credit. I, I run a fucking business through two recessions now. Okay. I am recession fucking proof. If you need your walls, coded, you call me. Anyway, so what I'm getting at is McDermott doesn't destroy the offensive line if he's got a notepad. Let I me mean, round this out Richie Incognito went on John Murphy at the end of the year, year one with McD. Okay. And goes, hey, after game five, because remember the offensive line turned around? He goes, after game five, we went to the coaches' room and go, yo, as offensive line, we were the number one, and I understand asterisk is by yep. volume. We we're the number one rush team in the NFL. We did this before. And I tell you, here's how I look at football. You got players, you have systems. Do they fit or do they not? A coach comes in. What do they fit? Oh, well, you just shuffled up the board. So I looked at it like there's a systematic tanking. Of the bills that year, which we know we just talked about, they had to get rid of guys and they already did it with the Sabres. So it was really honestly hard as a working man. Let me just put it this way. McDermott, he has a notepad and answer to everything. He coached the fucking team. Like it was year one bills in that game, as far as game management, conservative football. And he does not know what he has. Yeah, in I agree. His team to some degree, and that's I what agree. he did in the playoffs. He did not know what he had in his team. That's why I walked away because I've been saying well, this. I, For a I long think the,
1: time. I think the biggest issue that we that we had was we abandoned the run game before we even got out of the locker room. Why did we scratch Zach Moss? Does anybody know that? Do you know the, does anybody know the answer to that? I mean All
0: right.
1: he was a healthy help. Can I give right? you a hypothetical? Can I give you a hypothetical? Sh- sure, but once okay. I, just, I don't know why we scratched Zach Moss. And at the same time, we threw the ball 50 times, right? We, I think, I think Devin Singletary had 11 carries for 70 something yards. He was averaging over almost seven yards a carry, right? Pretty damn good. But the problem is, is that when you become one dimensional as a football team, you give everything to the defense. The defense has the power, right? So we need to get back to a more balanced approach. I get that Josh Allen is the shit. I know that we all know that he is the shit. OK, I understand. I understand we have seven wide receivers that are, are all, you know, could potentially be game changers. Not, I, don't, I don't know about every single one, but close to it. I mean, we have some amazing wide receivers. Tight end room needs a little bit of work. But if Dawson Knox can keep consistently catching balls, we're doing pretty well because he is a juggernaut when he has that motherfucker in his hands. Right. So, touch by the way, for him. So so I get it. I get it. I get it. But at the same time. We, if you don't have balance on a, on a, on an offense, you are one dimensional. If you're one dimensional, the defense knows exactly what their game plan is and they can stick to it and they don't have any issues, but we started running the ball and we started having success because why it works. It was working for us. You know what I mean? It works. Now, Devin Singletary needs to work on his fumbling issue, but that's a whole other
0: thing. Here's my point with Brita value guy being guy. I think I like to pick because, hey, maybe he was in the wrong system. Maybe blah, 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 blah. Sure. And I feel the same way with Rousseau where they didn't play him much because they know what they have in, in them in the preseason. You know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah,
0: Let him go over here because he is a stud, by the way. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you questions. I'm going to ask you questions because I was at the game and I had the view back here. And I was in the yep. back end of the end zone, which was great because I got to see that ball. I think it might have been Reed Ferguson or somebody made the spot where they punted the ball towards the end zone you're in. Yeah, and um, and went out of bounds, and I got to see a ref in fucking real time where I watched the dirt come up just boop, 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 mm-hmm. up towards the Steelers' weight. So now here's the deal: I've done a bunch of podcasts about over the years about the refs. Okay. And I want to just ask you objective questions for the audience too. Because in the stadium, you know how it is, bro. They don't show everything. They don't do whatever. Yeah. Um, so four holding calls. Yeah. All legit? Yes. Okay. Do you now, know why? now TJ Watt does this thing where he Do you, do you want to know why they're all legit? Because they're that good. Be- yes. You can't kick get A and Kill for
1: Because we game. decided to pass the ball 50 times. You put yourself at risk. You put your, your I, this is why I don't understand is the offensive game plan. Why are we Melvin Ingram, TJ Watt, Cameron Hayward? Why are we throwing the ball 50 times a game? Those are some of the, some of the most elite pass rushers in the game. And All designed on the same runs. And why are we, I don't like running with the, with Josh fake the throw run. Why, why, for what we have running backs. That's why we have three of them. I mean, honestly, God, like, why are we, why are we allowing what it's almost like we played to their defensive lines strength, you know, TJ Watt had what 20 almost 20 sacks last year, something like that. Cameron Hayward, who had, you know, he was probably top three in defensive tackles for the, for sacks Melvin Ingram. I mean, sure. He's coming off two years of injury, but when he was, he was a perennial pro bowler when he was with the chargers and we're just constantly throwing the ball. We're getting holding calls. We're getting holding call, holding call you know what I mean? Like they got this high Smith kid who's really quick off the edge. I don't know if you saw against Spencer Brown. Now he was off sides, but he beat him to the corner real quick, real quick. I'm pretty sure if he was sides, he still would have beat him real bad to the corner to the edge. You know what I mean? The, the, the outer, the outer shoulder as a pass rusher. So it's like, I, I just, I think that the coaching and the game plan was just really skewed right from the start before we even walked out. You know what I mean? Before we walked out of locker room, Dable was sitting there saying, We're gonna throw 50 times this game. We don't need Zach Moss. You do that, you give the defense the advantage.
0: In my I gotta I gotta reset a point I made last podcast here, and it was um that I thought um, you know, it's lying season right after the season ends. Right after you lose in the playoffs or the last game of the season, it's lying season. So when and, and as I know and learned the hard way with media, it's people the research of public relations, everything is there's companies that seed ideas as representations of the players from the team that their job is to spread information and ideas. And the one thing that was going around was the Bills need a running back. The Bills need a running back. The Bills yeah, need a running back. I heard that. And frankly, you know, I don't think the Bills um Devin Singletary, I heard had a you know, a couple good runs, right? A couple breakout runs to add to that total, right? Um, yeah, sure. And, but I mean, and that's Zach to be
1: expected might, when you have a good running back.
0: And and so a lot of people thought, and I thought too, that last year that Zach Moss might take over. Well, in camp uh, or towards the end of last year, Singletary, you know, wasn't doing bad at all. And even this year, he came to camp with more of like a one cut type shit, like the Gillis yeah. guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And um, at the same time, it's just, I think this is a product of, offensive line play um i understand you're going against a stable but there's key decisions that hey if you want to buy momentum or whatever the fuck you want to do you know what i went to this game after missing a year and going through what i'm going through when it's covid taking this shit away from us this is great for my mental health it's right where i need to be is around people and energy bro and you had the crowd you have everybody on these fourth and one things let
1: me tell you something so I, i was i was an offensive lineman at, at buff state right and one of the keys to just one of the you know basic keys and principles to offense any offense really in football is the run game and the pass game play off of each other you know what i mean you use the run game to set up the, the pass game you use the pass game to set up the run game vice versa you know th- through different formations and through you know you can set up the play action pass things of that nature so it's like they, they go they, they coincide you know what i mean i just i just don't see how <laughs> like how we're benefiting from throwing the ball 50 times it's just my 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 issue you know what i mean
0: hundred percent um but i also didn't want the bills to come out balanced i wanted them to come out the past setting up the run which they have done and they didn't yeah. do that exactly to your point and i think they envisioned breeder having a bigger role but for some reason it's just like, oh shit! And and you know what? When the Bills did not get seven on an opening awesome return from Mackenzie, by the way, when they didn't get seven, I said to that the was gr- lady next to me, my dad's wife, Sue, Steelers fan, funniest are on Instagram, numb bills fan. Uh, she, or actually, that's on my own. She, I told her, I go, Sue, I think it's gonna come to haunt them. I've seen this movie too many times, and I hate to think that way. But it's just how we're kind of conditioned. But then I had to realize we don't have the Patriots in the division. It's not – we're not having possibly two yeah. losses. I hate to call it that way, but there gets a point where you watch Tom Brady and this would have been year 10 of season tickets. And, um, you know, you get to a point where you watch Tom Brady and you respect him. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like you have that, to. the ball's out. I see the coverages. That's what I missed about the 300 seat I had. Um, I, I didn't see the coverages. Listen, I, so I, 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 I got to I, ask you a lot of stuff.
1: I trailed off there you know, previously, I meant to okay. make a point that my wife made a noise in the background and I like lost my fucking train of thought. That's right. So what I was saying before is like, the you know, the, the balance of the run game in the past game. If you look at our preseason, right? Like we have our offensive linemen are, are pretty much geared to run people over. Like, especially like on that fourth and one, this is, this is, this play has been driving me nuts. That fourth and one, when we were at our, at uh, Pittsburgh's what 45 or their 40, whatever it was, okay. fourth and one, and we put in, we put in Spencer Brown. Have you, okay. Did you watch Spencer Brown at all the, during the, the the preseason?
0: I did not. any in in r- offensive lineman. his run He's blocking,
1: his run block. He, I'm not bullshitting you when I tell you that he looks like a, like a, a snow plow or something. He looks like, I mean, he just, he just like a
0: level, just like he moving people,
1: barrels, people over absolutely okay. barrels them over. I mean, he could, so it's like, he we could have collapsed that entire side of the offensive line, pulled a guard, right? Had a kickout block on the end of the line of scrimmage, and then handled the just hand the ball off to a running back. You're gonna get a yard. You know what I mean? Why are we trying to like especially when it, you can tell it's a turning point? I mean, that's that's one of the problems I'm having with, with with McDermott's game management. You can feel that it's a turning point, and we do this fake QB sneak and then sling it out, and the and then the point of attack. The point of the point of the play, the start of the play is literally seven yards behind the line of scrimmage. So we're starting the play seven yards behind the line of scrimmage. Like, why? (laughs) We have a six foot five quarterback who barrels through people like it's like a hot knife through butter. There's so many other options as opposed to to running that play. I don't understand.
0: Uh, Let me run something by you. So I think coaches, and, and again, I'm a chess player, bro. We're talking chess. We yeah. are talking chess. That's why football it, awesome. it has become my favorite sport to break down because there's so many different ways of skin to skin the cat, you know, and beans teaching me something with, yeah. you know, cat management, um, and, and, and playing hardball. So I come back to the point of they're trying to get different tape out there too. And they're trying to show different things at the same time. It's just like, I think they got to win the game themselves. You got to win the
1: game. They overthought it.
0: You know, they, it's they, just, they overthought it,
1: man. That,
0: exactly. The they they left line. them in that game for way too long. Um, And, and then I will say, you know, I, the reason I ask you if those offensive line holes were legit is word on the street as they are. And they could have called more and, um, oh yeah, for sure. And, but the thing I don't like is I feel like the bills got maddened as I use as a verb. When, um, you know, that Trey white call. Okay. And, you know, you're telling me that a line with some rookie old lineman. They did not hold at all. Maybe not. I I don't fucking know, but the refs definitely didn't do the bills any favors. The bills are themselves favors. And I think um, the only
1: bad call in that game, the only bad call I saw was when Levi Wallace went up to break up that pass and they called defensive fast interference because there was an exact same play against Chase Claypool the exact same play had happened in the in the beginning in the first half and they didn't call anything and the exact same play happened again in the second half and they called it and like if you, you can't do that if you're going to play one way you got to play one way you can't pick, pick and choose when you know things are going to arise or whatever and that was actually pretty pivotal because it gave them gave him about 10 or 15 yards or whatever it was so
0: i think the nfl creates storylines they favor certain shit a big reason the podcast started another reason for David is because I'd watch these Patriots games close. I'd know every play, every fucking player. I, I used to go bonkers. And then when you see over and over again that, Oh, this play interviewed or this spot was off and then Bill's fans lose their mind. They argue about nothing, me included. And yeah, you know, but I'm glad to know that this wasn't a ref game. It's just typical. No. bad time is going to happen. I don't think so. Um, but, you know? And 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 listen, refs, refs are gonna
1: make their calls. I mean, it is what it is, but a good team has to know how to overcome that. And with a high powered offense that we have, you would expect us to be able to, or the coaching that we have, you would expect them to be able to overcome that. That's what that's what the team part of football is about, is you're gonna face adversity. How do you come together as a team and persevere for it through it? You know,
0: we just gotta get out coached and it plain and simple. David, I do have to hop. Hey, where can we, do you want anybody to find you on the social media or anything or not? yeah,
1: Um, Instagram is the D Miller. If you're, if you're feeling frisky and you want to follow, go for it. You know, I'm, I just finished up the 75 hard challenge. I'm finishing up this Friday. I'm actually, that's why I got to go is because I got to do my second 45 minute workout with my wife. And I finally get to have a beer on, uh, on Saturday. I've been 75
0: days sober. Hey, congratulations, man! That's hard because I've been picking up alcoholism as you can tell from my. <laughs> heart. I came back to Florida, <laughs> and dude, this one is so funny. I'll leave you with this: is leaving. I got home for Florida two hundred dollars later at Marshalls. I've been getting compliments on how I dress some people, so I'm making my life easy. Um, so thank you, David. I would like to yeah, have man. you come back on again if you enjoyed yourself. So I appreciate yeah, it. I did. I will. I will. I, you know, it'd be cool if we could make this a weekly thing or whatever. Whatever. Oh, I'm as much starting... content as you want to make. You let me know, and you I can think... promote
1: whatever you got. I think the name of uh of the podcast, the one that I'm starting up here, uh, I think we came up with a name this past Sunday. You ready for it? Can I guess? Let me guess. Sure, I'll give you three guesses. Go for it.
0: Brewing Buffalo Vault.
1: Nope. Okay. That's it. <laughs> done guessing. Yep. <laughs> so all the all the groomsmen in my wedding got a, uh, a a specific gift, and each one of them got a Viking horn for yeah for their for a wedding gift and all the guys in the podcast were in my wedding party so we all share this Viking horn and on the bottom of it has your name and the date that of of my wedding so the name of the podcast is going to be called sunday skull skull and we clack horns instead of sunday school it's me sunday school okay
0: sunday skull from tampa dave that's right (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, dude, that sounds really cool, man. Have a good night, dude. Yeah, it be fun. I appreciate it. I'm going to stop the recording.